Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we are doing way too early draft week. We've done this every single year. Um, we've identified future New York Giants in this process. So hopefully uh, we're able to do that. We're going to do the offense today. So we're going to go through nine players, five wide receivers. And by the way, we don't like... It's not like the the draft the regular draft pause where we do a bunch of prep and we pick the guys we want to talk about. It's kind of like we're guessing. All five of these wide receivers, I think, are first rounders. Like this is a good year for us to be focusing in on wide receiver. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, hello. Um, happy way too early draft week. It's always a fun week, and it's a fun week because I get to talk to. A great friend, and then also a very knowledgeable Giants fan and football fan in the football grump. So the football grump, how are you? I'm doing With great, guys. Look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slick head for a slick summer, I guess. Mm. Um, the I, I think we were in Mobile last year, 2022, when the Giants head coaches were hiring a bunch of bald guys, and I said, if Brian Dable uh you know won me over i would shave my head and i think this is just my look now so wow here we are go giants right yeah you were saying you're gonna stick with that and, and i'm doing the mustache for um for nascar in a couple of weeks so we're we are it's like a whole different podcast than when we were <laughs> it's like in, the, it's some other dimension version of us bizarro like, bobby it's like you know we're, we're just different people from what we were in alabama what do i have you to know do? half half a year ago you have to grow um, your hair like swear off hot dogs or something. Yeah, oh, you'd have to gr- no. grow out your hair because you can't really grow uh, good facial hair. Um, you have to grow out your hair unless you could do like a goatee or something. I'll grow. I'll grow an afro. I actually don't want to see you with grown hair. You're 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 you've got your look figured out. You're, I don't want to see. You're I don't fine. See, I don't want to see any change in you, Justin. <laughs> you're um, you're you're fugly enough. Don't. No, I'm just saying you've got to figure. Your you've got yourself figured out. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. That's one of the um, nicest things you've ever said to me. <laughs> so we're going to go through nine <laughs> players. A uh, couple of other things I wanted to hit before. Grump, I don't know if you saw this. First time since 2019 when Jalen Thompson was drafted, who got a three-year, $36 million contract last offseason. The supplemental draft is back, and it is scheduled for Tuesday, September 11th, which it's not on TV or anything. It's literally a conference call within the league. But, man, I am so excited. For Tuesday, July 11th, to be refreshing my uh, Twitter, like I right, did, it, did this guy go? There's a guy out of uh, Purdue. Damn it, I forgot the name. I, I'm gonna do a draft write up on him. But a wide receiver, bigger dude. He missed last season. He's having uh, eligibility concerns with his GPA and stuff. But the supplemental draft is back, and the last time it was there, that we had a good player in Jalen Thompson. You initially said September 11th, and I want to make clear it's July 11th. I didn't know I said that, but yes, it's very clearly July 11th. <laughs> um, the last time we had a supplemental draft, I mean, I'm sure Giants fans have Sam Beal PTSD. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's, Sam that's Beal. What I'm of. You know, uh, Dave Brown. Dave Brown. Um, I, I think the supplemental draft is probably going to go by the wayside over time, but it's usually eligibility concerns, some kind of health thing. It's it's a by year thing. If there's someone yeah. that's eligible, they do it. You know, the last few years there's been no one that's applied to be in it. But you know, Josh Gordon was part of it, and I wonder if you consider Josh Gordon a good supplemental pick because he was really good and then missed all his time. So I guess not. But it was also everything that was a concern about Josh Gordon came to be a problem. Yeah, that's right? true. So I don't even expect the Giants, depending on what the situation is. Like this guy can't keep his grades up. 
that might not be a guy that the Giants are are interested in. But hey, I'm gonna do my prep on it and be and be be ready for it. Because if you would have got Jalen Thompson a few years ago for a fifth round pick, you'd be you'd uh, it'd been would have been a great supplemental pick. You get Sam Beal for a third round pick, a bad supplemental pick. Um, so it's it's I think I think once you get to the fifth round, then it's when you start using those picks. The, those yeah, I think it guys. was less about Sam Beal the player and more about how high in the supplemental draft he was taken. Yeah, I mean that was that ended up being an early third round pick. I mean the Giants went from DeAndre Baker in the first round to O'Shane Zimmon as the ninety fifth pick in the draft without uh, being able to make a selection in twenty nineteen because of that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. We'll be paying attention to that. Also, I'm going to put out the tweet tomorrow. Next week, we are recording our 4th of July mailbag. It's going to be myself, Justin, Danny King, and Snacks. Um, and it's an annual mailbag. We, we we answer questions that aren't Giants football related. Now, you can relate them to the Giants. Like one year, we had a like Giants barbecue. A good one was the Giants, like a, bas- a starting five of basketball players mm. of Giants players. That led to a really good one. We actually got some of the Giants players to interact. So maybe we should even do that again two years removed. But you asked about our personal, yeah, it's basically just anything, hypotheticals, whatever, about the show dynamic. We're not doing Giants football questions, annual 4th of July mailbag. And then we'll have a couple special episodes the week after. So, um, Will you be lighting fireworks on camera? Good question. You never, you never know. You never know. You can't rule it out. Um, before we get into this episode, this episode was brought to you by a special person in Yish. Yish. Justin, who is Yish? Who is Yish? Yish. Yes. Yes. They went to patreon.com slash talkingiants. Every $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live. While we record the shows, you get to talk to the football grump. Hey, subscribe to the Patreon. Talk to the football grump on Thursday. Thursday, probably Thursday evening, when we record the defensive way to early draft preview for 2024. Uh, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Plus, there will be some shirt raffles that happen a couple times a month. Oh, also, shout out. Um, uh, I, was at, I was in Atlantic City this weekend, and I, I'm starting to lose a little money. And this guy, Mike, sits down next to me. And he asked his father, um, "What do you, uh, what, what do you think about Saquon Barkley not signing it, not signing his contract?" And then my friends look at me, and then I, 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 I start to get mad because I don't want to have a conversation about Saquon Barkley when I'm in Atlantic City. Um, but he, we eventually get to the point of he asked that question because he's like, "I thought that was you." So shout out to Mike who recognized me at the at the tables uh, at at Harrah's. And then uh, shout out to AJ, the front desk attendant at Harrah's, also recognized me from Instagram. So shout out to both of you. Shout out. I've got, see, if you change your look all the time like me and Bobby, then no one would recognize you. So it's a good thing you're staying to your to your form there. I walk. I, I work in New York City. You would. Th- I, I would think that there would be more people that would recognize me walking in New York City. Three out of the last four times I've, I went to Atlantic City. People have said like "hello, what's up?" and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and that's like Eagles country down there. So weird that's world good. we live in. The city is just—it's like it's all—it's a whole different world. It is. It is. I'm I'm the, learning that the real world. All right, let's get into these freaking players, man. And we decided because this is this is what people want to hear about, anyways. And it's the players we're the most excited about. So we have five wide receivers, three offensive linemen, and a tight end. You know, we didn't. Uh, we kind of went by positional you know needs for the giants in the in the future we decided 
we're gonna go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver to start. So we are giving we are we are going heavy on the wide receivers. And we're starting out with the most obvious one, and that is Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. Six foot three, two hundred two pounds, had twelve hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns last year for the Buckeyes. I mean, guys, he's just the total package wide receiver who I think does does everything well. Like the the worst thing I could say about him is like there's a bad rep here and there. But it's just like asking what does he do well in this area, this area. I, I just don't see areas of weakness. And I'm excited to see if Grump has any pushback on that. So he has like all the athleticism to consistently run behind defenses, challenge at all three levels. I think his route running is just nuts in different ways. And he's just able to snap, like just set defenders up and just snap off and create a ton of separation. And then even when he doesn't create separation, I mean, he's he catches contested catches. He makes these catches you're not expecting him to, any watch to bring down. He brings them down. Um, and I loved, loved Jamar Chase. If you guys listened to this podcast back in 2020, you know how much I love Jamar Chase. He was the he was the guy I wanted. Fell in love with him in the way too early, you know, uh, draft preview with Jamar Chase. But I truly do think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver prospect I've watched since doing this draft stuff in 2019. Do you, do you think I'm crazy, Grump, or do you have what do you, what do you see out of him? I don't think you're crazy. No, I mean, I think it's close. Jamar Chase and him are a little bit different. I think Jamar Chase is a little bit more physical and stronger. Um, uh, maybe you disagree with that. I, I don't think so. But to your point as to like, he does everything well, I can't argue with that. I mean, like even stupid stuff, like going back to like really nitpicky stuff, like even ball security, my note is he puts the ball away remarkably fast after the catch. Like even stupid stuff like that, he's really, really good at. Um, he's slippery. He bounces off tackles. So he's able to do stuff after the catch. I mean, I, I think... As far as route running goes, he's extremely polished. There are still some things he could continue to add to his repertoire, but currently is not holding him back at all. So, I mean, like, basically what I'm saying is he can continue to get better. There is still some ceiling for him here. Um, He doesn't utilize a whole lot of head fakes uh, at Ohio State. And even being the number one guy at Ohio State, he's still – it's still that Ohio State offense that just kind of generates its own separation – so he has that benefit working for him that I think at the NFL level, he'll have to work a little bit harder, but he does everything right. I mean, like he flashes his hands late to make those contested catches that you talked about. Like it just makes a very difficult person to cover. I, I mean, like back shoulder throws, he's very in sync, um, really good timing on his jumps. I don't really have a strong thing i can really say that he he's is um he's like not the total package like, yeah, yeah he I think really he's a total is pack. i watch him and i think justin jefferson is clearly the best wide receiver in the nfl right now better than jamar chase who i love but i i watch him i watch what he does and it's like that's what justin jefferson does like it, it's it's like those those are the things that justin jefferson does on the sideline in the nfl to win and uh and they also adds the size element of six foot three you know makes those contested catches i just Again, I don't like it's every year people oversell these prospects this early in the process and then you watch them. But it's like, I don't think this is one of those guys. I think this is a guy who is like, you don't need to 
do the over evaluation the nitpicky stuff i just think he's the best all around like i'm sure you can i can go find like four or five reps you know going through a couple games and say hey these aren't great but at the end of the day he's just the total package he'll even at the at the line of scrimmage at the release he'll draw dpis there like like i said like i think jamar chase is probably stronger a little bit more physical and can win certain things that maybe he can't but when he loses those battles right at the line of scrimmage he just he still draws a DPI, so it's it's still a win. Yeah, Bobby, I know you have like, you know, I don't know if these conversations have haven't been on camera or off camera, but I know you have like crazy expectations for for Marvin Harrison. Uh, I, I know like I we haven't gone through, you know, the the top 32 guys in next year's draft. But, you know, if Harrison has a similar type of season and you know, maybe he takes even maybe even a little bit of a jump up, at least in his play wise, you know, stat statistically, we'll see. But I mean, how do you not get the feeling that, you know, it's going to be Caleb Williams, maybe there's another quarterback, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. may be the first non quarterback taken off the board. Um, that's kind of how, you know, hyped that Marvin Harrison Jr. has been. He was eighth in the nation in yards per route run last year, um, despite not being just the the biggest guy in the world, he's definitely not the smallest guy in the world, still a 60% contested catch rate, 18 for 30 last year. Also, like his his like highlight plays include like a lot of like insane toe dragging plays too, which I find that, you know, when you when you look at the jaw dropping plays that the best guys in the NFL do make, like the Chases, like the Jeffersons of the world, how often do you see them just, you know, tote, you know, using all yeah. of their body, all of their length and getting both feet down, you know, and, and toe dragging right on the sideline or even for a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone, too. So Marvin Harrison Jr. certainly has it all. And I'm what I'm really interested to see more than previewing the player that he is now really excited to see, OK, now that everyone not only do college football teams know that this guy's the number one, everyone knows it everyone's going to be watching you. So that could be a little bit of a difference too. Of a, schematically, everybody knew last year he was the guy. Football coaches knew he was the guy. But now the world, everyone in the world knows it. So let's see how he handles that pressure. Yeah, obviously, it's great. We didn't even mention, like, he's the son of Marvin Harrison, <laughs> like, right. who was an amazing wide receiver for the Colts. Um, you know, Hall of Famer. I think him and Peyton... Ha- I, do him and Peyton still hold the most touchdown to receiving record, or does Bra- I think Brady and Gronk may have passed that? Um, you know, so now people are going to be. I see it already. It's like, hey, he's the Giants aren't going to be in range to get him. I I I agree. I don't think the I think this guy's a top five lock. Um, but we try to go top heavy in this. Also, here's the way that Marvin Harrison Jr. could be a Giant. And it's a bit suck. It's Daniel Jones is injured for like majority of the season. That's the way that that Marvin Harrison Jr. Because I think I think if Daniel Jones gets injured for majority of the season, the Giants probably are picking top five to eight. I don't even want to entertain that idea. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if if because again, we like like in like we're not looking at the quarterbacks. This is the first year we we did quarterbacks the last 2 years. Quick trivia. Justin, can you name the four quarterbacks we've looked at the last 2 years? No. No, I cannot. I Anthony know one Richardson, of the- Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. And then we don't do the top guys cuz it's like I'm not arguing about Alabama and Ohio State guys. Do we do Howell? Before. We did Sam Howell, one more. And did we do Van Dyke? No, I no, scrapped Van Dyke because I knew I knew he sucked. Even okay. though I wanted him to be good as a Miami fan, Malik Willis. 
We did do Malik Willis. Okay. Yeah. I would have gotten those if I actually thought about it. We kind of we we again we we usually don't go like the 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 guaranteed one or two. Like so like last year it's like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Like, I'm not doing these on these on this way too early draft preview. It's like I'm not changing anyone's opinion. And I'm not watching eight games of film a year before. All right, you guys have anything else on Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, I don't think people need us to tell them that he's amazing. I think he's, I think he's really good, pretty good. Is, Is there any thing? chance he doesn't play this year? Or like plays. I like wouldn't three blame games him either, and, and I, I I don't think it would change his draft stock at all. Like you, it wouldn't COVID change year, my opinion. No. Man, the COVID year, and maybe it was just the talent in that year, because you had the Penny Sewells, the Slaters, you know, Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons. There's an argument to be made. It's like that year off where you, like, you can just focus on getting better at your position and not playing the team the next just, week. Like yeah, all winning, those guys yeah. came in and were amazing. Like Penny maybe wasn't like perfect right away but he was also moving to back and forth between right tackle and left tackle and he was still solid but it's like jamar chase was amazing right away micah parsons amazing right away slater amazing right away bosa too both bosa's brothers did it yeah yeah i think that I, I think with the one of them did it like once he got hurt in that season yeah but, but i'm not it, it doesn't matter the, the point remains the same i think yeah all right now if he did sit out you still got to watch the Ohio State wide receiver room because the next guy on this list, man, this is the guy who fits a Brian Table offense. And it was Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver out of Ohio State. It's Ohio State a heavy uh, episode. As good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, they played the same amount of games last year. Emeka had three less catches and 122 less yards than Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, and he is versatile, versatile, versatile. Like, they use him in motion a ton. Now, he played mostly in the slot last year. He played 66% of the slot, a third, and, and outside. But to me, he's playing outside in the NFL. And he has the size to do it. He has all the athleticism, all the all the traits you look for in an outside wide receiver. But you do have that versatility. And part of, like, hey, being able to move between inside and outside and move in motion, it's like you got to be smart and know what your offense is trying to do and run. And obviously, that fits what Brian Dable and this offense want to run. Um Speed is really good, has the ability to stack and separate. Maybe doesn't have like the elite, like run past you or away from you speed, but it's still really good speed. And I think his route running is beautiful on all three levels, like extremely quick, crisp cuts with no slowdown. He bursts out of them. Uh, his deeper routes can be a tad rounded. Um, but he uses great, great cell to influence DBs and snaps off of them for separation. Whether that's you know coming like like his like his comebacks and curl routes are a thing of beauty, like perfect timing on them. Which is hey, that's a great fit for what Daniel Jones and and these all play callers want on offense. Um, it has that vertical cell uh, in the quick game, man. He's just very patient. You know, tempos his routes. You know, uses some, uh, some influences DBs and then breaks off of them and just very quick and crisp. Um, solid yak guy, not going to do a ton. I, and I haven't seen him too much in yak, or, or sorry, I haven't seen him too really too many contested spots in the games I watch. But to me, this guy's an all around wide receiver. He is going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. I think he's a worthy of a top 10 to 15 pick. And in a deep wide receiver class, you can see the Giants being in range to go and get this guy possibly. So I think I think Amiga is pretty interesting. You're very high on him, and I'm I'm more looking forward to how he's played this season. Um, they gave him a lot of what I would consider questionable given his skill set uh, roles. He played a lot near the the line of scrimmage with whether it was blocking on wide receiver screens or receiving on wide receiver screens, and I don't think that that's his specialty. 
Um, not to say he's not a good blocker. I actually think he's a great blocker on the edge. And I think that in the draft process, uh, like eight, 10 months from now, whatever, how many months that is, maybe it's nine months from now, um, that will be an underrated part of his game that people won't talk about, but will be something that they talk about like two years into his NFL tenure. But you said you didn't see a lot of yak from him. I haven't seen him break a tackle, not one. And that's a little concerning for me. I mean, he seems to go down immediately on every hit. Now, granted, this is not like real draft work that we've done here. This is just a quick preview. Also, the entire roster is going to shake up for Ohio State. They may play him differently. Um, defenses may play him differently. But everything else, I agree with you. I, I think um, I think because he played so much near the line of scrimmage, um, his deeper routes have less refinement than his intermediate routes. Um, they're not bad, but like you said, just a little bit rounded out where it's not anything that shows up in a result sense, but it's something that when you're a being it with his intermediate stuff, and you can clearly see that his intermediate stuff is a lot more crisp, very sharp cuts. It gets really, really good separation. Um, one thing that does stand out is he is really, really good at stacking DBs. He has a very good understanding of the route concepts and what, what he is supposed to be doing, what the play is supposed to do. Um, he doesn't just do what he's assigned. He understands the point of what he's doing. Uh, and you can see it right there on tape. He's really, really impressive. And I think for me, I, I got to see him play a little bit more traditional wide receiver. I don't think the near the line of scrimmage thing is his thing. I know he's got the speed, but to me, he doesn't have the open field elusiveness that's he, just, he, that would be my only knock on him. Yeah, his IQ pops off the screen. So I, this is a very cheap comparison because it's the same college and they wear the same jersey number. Reminds me a little bit of Chris Olave, right? Where it's like, hey, he doesn't like blow you away with speed, but he gets beat, he gets open, you know, down the field. Even though again, uh, Emeka was used mostly in the slot, and both those guys aren't going to be like, you know, get the ball in your hand and make a play type guys um now i think a mech and i loved olave he was my wide receiver one in that class and olave played a great rookie year despite missing game i think he had more yards per game i think he had the most yards per game for any of the wide receivers despite wilson winning the rookie of the year um but i do i think he's like a bet almost like a better kind of version of olave maybe olave is a little more smooth but it's just like their route running it is so beautiful on all three levels and they just know how to constantly consistently get open they seem like smart players um and again, it's like, again, like he doesn't break tackles and I haven't seen him in those contested spots, um, but they use him in a lot of different ways, very versatile. And I think he's a guy who would come in here fit perfectly. And I, and I do think he will be a wide receiver one at the next level. Yeah, he's been a big slot, like you guys have been saying, you know, interested, you know, along with echoing what Grump said, if Ohio State is maybe going to give him a little bit more inside-outside versatility this year. His yards per route run was nearly three, so almost up with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and my my big thing, and Grump, you kind of took it towards, you know, the end of what you were saying, you know, a, a guy who's going to beat zone coverage with his ability to get open, this is a guy who knows how to get open. I mean, think of like a la like Isaiah Hodgins towards the latter part of last year, a guy that kind of would just sit in zone coverage, know where to be and know how to get open. So it's not just being open, but it's how it's how to get open. Um, if, if there, if you can visualize the difference between those two. Yeah. I mean, like you, like you're saying, Justin, his just 
his play IQ pops off the screen. Yeah. Um, and that being paired with like, again, being extremely quick, Chris cuts, just no slowdown and burst out of them, like understanding tempo and those quick game stuff. Um, so I just think he's a guy who's going to be able, like you can trust him at all three levels and both it has that outside inside flexibility. So I want to do this before we hit the next three wide receivers. Read it um, that, but I want to ask you, so let's compare it to this draft class that just happened. Any wide receivers that you would have had rated higher than Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ekbuka? And not like what you project a year from now. Like just flat out if these guys came out in the last draft, would you have anybody over I, I'm not, Marvin Harrison Jr. Don't even like joke. Egg, is there any wide receivers from this last class you'd have over Ekbuka? Uh, um, I don't think so i mean i'd have to i'd have to do real work if i would put zay over him uh but zay would be the only person that i would consider yeah and i love zay flowers i would not have him over Ekbuka. what about xavier worthy texas that we're going to talk about next yeah i think i'd have zay over xavier worthy but it's hard to tell because i i mean i don't know what you think about the texas quarterback but he he doesn't do him too many favors i, I think i would take worthy over zay flowers interesting um, I mean, it would be close for me. I, I do think Worthy can really play really a good. factor in there too. Zay Flowers stayed a little while. Yeah. You know, Xavier Worthy just came in. Rome uh, Oduns. Why does he go to Washington? Uh, yeah, I think I. That's a, that's going to be hard to tell because he just transferred to Washington. Uh, he only played one year there, right? Yeah, he's only got one year of production for them. Um, and, and it's weird because he went down in competition going to the Pac-12. Uh, but I could see Odunze potentially being one of the bigger risers in this class. I think playing with that quarterback in Washington, I think Washington might do really well in the Pac-12 and garner more national attention than normal. Um, and I think that Odunze will will stand out. But personally, from what I've seen so far, I wouldn't put Odunze uh, ahead of Zay Flowers. That one's tough. Or they're two Johnson. totally, di- they're two totally different players. Yeah, um, yeah he's closer to. Uh, I think Johnson. Zay being five foot nine makes me pick Rome. If Zay was five foot eleven, I would say Zay Flowers. Uh, and then Malik Neighbors, the fifth guy we're going to talk. I think I'd take Zay over him. But even yeah. then, it's like you see a little bit of like some of those, those running back type wide receivers, like. Yeah, I'm not going to say Debo because Debo's a lot bigger, but it's like you see you see a little bit of that in neighbors. Um, yeah, and I think even like to some extent, like Addison and JSN are are such good route runners, and it's a little harder to tell with neighbors. I mean, we'll get into more detail. I but forgot like, about L- JSN. LSU. Just- I was about to bring him up, being like, I, I think I would take JSN over, um, over some of these over some of these guys. Most of I would guys. take I would take Worthy Egbuka. And Harrison Jr. over JSN. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, th- this is very early in the process know, to be kind of like big boarding them, but yeah. And again, we're not to your this point. Is a, like they're all in the conversation that these top like two guys were last year. Yeah, and I mean our my I mean my evaluation is a lot less casual than what it ends up being. You know, because like it's the way too early, so it means you don't need to spend five hours on an evaluation. You know, a write up, but still. All right, let's talk about DraftKings next. It's a prospect that just you just flat out can't miss. And you can hit it out of the park this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use code WORLD. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
don't bet on the Yankees, right? Like, I, I would say that's that's safe advice. Gambling problem? Them. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsibility gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings Sportsbook or terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Whoa, Grum, same time. Uh, You want to talk about Xavier Worthy? We are not worthy of Xavier Worthy. Six foot one, 160 pounds is is Xavier uh, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas, had 760 yards and nine touchdowns. So the least productive out of the five guys we're going to talk about. But his the year before Texas, he had 981 yards and 12 touchdowns uh, on two more catches. To me, this guy, there's things about his game that need to be improved and stuff, but you look at him, it's like, oh, he's going to be a good wide receiver. Like, elite, game-changing, speedy wide receiver who just creates big plays. Like, his speed eats up cushion. It runs past and away from guys. And the thing I look for in these type of guys, like, are they going to be good in the NFL? How do you work leverage? And he works leverage really, really well, especially downfield to influence DBs, get their hips open and cut and break the other way. Um, and I think he's got solid route tempo to burst out, uh, burst out of, including vertically. Um, you know, just has that amazing plant and burst out of his cuts. You know, he's a real yak threat with his athletic ability and, and understanding of, of leverage and, he tracks the ball well downfield too. So it's not like, hey, it's this guy gets deep, deep, open downfield. No, he actually catches the ball downfield. Like he's, he's got a solid catch radius. He tracks it well. Um, the route tree is a bit limited, but he has, he has all you want in there to be a good route runner. Um, you can see like his route running is, it's just not, it doesn't look natural or smooth. It's a little herky jerky, but he's a guy who, gets open now i'm not comparing him to garrett wilson because i think he's a different player but in that aspect where something i look back at and maybe it's like all right you don't need to judge this guy's these harshy like i thought garrett wilson's route running looked sloppy i think it looked horrible but he was someone who understood how to work leverage and get open and that's where it's like okay that's why i wasn't as high on him and that's where i was wrong i look at worthy and he has all all of that justin what do you think about the the texas kid i mean his stop and go ability is awesome I mean, absolutely awesome. He attacks all levels of the field. Um, there's about an 80-20 outside to inside split. You mentioned how explosive he is. The thing that I want to really look out for this year, he had a really low catch rate this past year. It was higher in 2021. I think it was around 60% last year. It was 52% this year. Really low yards per route run, but you got to look at the average up to target. The average up to target was like 17. So the further you're, you know, averaging throwing down the field, the lower your completion percentage is inevitably going to be. So I actually, I want to see this Texas offense lean on Xavier Worthy a little bit more this year. Maybe bring down that average up to target a little bit more to increase that catch rate. And let's see how much he actually can be relied upon. Well, also, I want to keep the explosive plays in there as well. Um, there are some questions. I mean, you know, he's listed as 6'1", 163. Questions on weight, physicality, and ability to kind of handle contact. But 
He's used on sweeps out of the backfield. He's he's versatile. He's used in a variety of uh, of ways. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Xavier Worthy is going to do this year. Grumpy, you mentioned the Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. Yeah, Quinn Ewers. I mean, I think that has to do with the court, what Justin said about the the number the stats change for Xavier Worthy might have to do with the quarterback change from Sam Ellinger to Quinn Ewers. Um, I wouldn't know for sure. It's not like I follow Texas super closely or anything like that. But just based on the notes I have watching like two different years worth of film are kind of drastically different, uh, at least lends me to that sort of line of thinking. Um, And also like just I think Quinn Ewers is just when protection breaks down, just sort of does a a chuck in the air kind of thing rather than be a little bit more composed. That being said, uh, to Xavier Worthy, Justin did um, mention a little bit of weight concerns. 160. Does he look that small to he you? He doesn't look that small, but because college I, numbers I are usually re- inflated, not deflated. Yeah, because I saw so I watch him and I look at a guy and I'm like, okay, one eighty five, like one eighty five. Not don't notice like you watch Emmanuel Forbes, like that dude's skinny. Yes, agreed. And then I went to go write down his stats for uh for the notes, and I was like, one sixty. What? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like they need to boost those numbers up, even if they're fake, because I couldn't believe that. Yeah, that that seems incredibly low i i don't really know what to think of that i mean my first thought is like does he get bullied and i don't really so see a whole lot of evidence of that so if it, weight is just a number so if it's not really impacting the play i'm not going to get concerned by it so right now it's not a huge concern of mine just definitely a note um I, bobby you mentioned that his route running is less smooth and more herky-jerky i i have it more as like sharp and deliberate um, it doesn't feel like it's second nature, but everything is still technically correct, I guess is like the best way I can describe it. Um, he does a really good job of tempoing his speed though. I mean, that's something that just jumps right off the film. He understands exactly when to burst, uh, when to kind of just like lean and pull away. Um, I would say right now his suddenness seems NFL caliber already. It, I wouldn't say it's elite, the kind of thing that like jumps off the film and and you're like, oh my God, this guy, his his suddenness, his quickness, it's like the best I've seen. I don't think anyone would really say that, but a really nice route running combo package of like everything that he does really well. Really good hand-eye coordination as well. Um, he has really good well-timed jumps at the receiving mm-hmm. point. Uh, he naturally adjusts his body really properly and completely. Uh, not a whole lot of like half-assed turn body, one-arm catches. Like really will flip his whole body around, flip his hips inside out and and make open catches, adjust to the ball in the air. Um, my only thing maybe is uh, he, he might tend to fade a little bit, maybe at the receiving point or at the at the tail end of routes rather than be a little bit more regimented with that. But all all things that are easily cleaned up. I, I nothing really detrimental. Um, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what his 40 time is when it happens. Uh, I think getting a good handle on how fast he is, is, uh, actually a good weapon in his arsenal. I think because he's able to tempo his speed so well, and you don't see him run at a hundred percent so often, it makes it difficult to defend him. Um, I, I hope that the Texas offense, allows him to shine a little bit more this year yeah the route tree was limited to echo what you're saying like one of the notes bullet points i have is solid route tempo uh to burst out of it including vertically so like kind of the way a, a lot of the way like the one good thing you saw from Jalen hyatt's route running too is like 
that almost like like you like kind of float like fade fade you're not going full speed but you're so fast that you're still able to eat up that cushion get that db's hips turned and then bang plant that left foot in the ground and get up the seam you know and he had a uh you know he beat brian branch of alabama who obviously brian branch is one negative one negative point with speed but you see him hit that like like you see how fast he eats up that cushion and then he plants and that second gear man is just able to take take off so like you said it'd be interesting to see what his 40 time ends up being um but yeah like again there's some ruggedness to the to the route tree or to his routes and then a limited route trip interesting to see how texas um does stuff with steve sarkeesian but i i definitely think this guy's a first rounder um and i'd be i'd be very surprised if he's not a first rounder and he's got the yak for it all right next Again, we're going wide receiver heavy. This is like a wide receiver draft preview almost. Rome Odunze, wide receiver out of Washington. We got a big guy, six foot three, two hundred pounds. Uh, had twelve games for for the Huskies. Had eleven hundred forty five yards on seventy five catches and seven touchdowns. Big wide receiver, obviously, but he can move really well. Like doing, while also doing the big wide receiver things uh, for me, uh, and that's what like. The more you get into this stuff, it's like less about like being a big dude and going up and making tough catches. Like you want to do that stuff, but it's like how how do you move? Um, and I think he's got good long speed and and solid speed all around. But overall, just a smooth mover on the field, which leads to being a good route runner. Like I don't watch his route running and, and be like oh that's um, like a mecca at Ohio State and it just blows you away. But it's it's solid good stuff with his size with his ability to move, and I think it's going to be lead to being a, a productive. NFL wide receiver who has wide receiver one, uh, like a wide receiver one ceiling, uh, you know, and, and part of that is like, hey, like I watched him versus UCLA, had an out and up, beautiful, smooth, double move touchdown. Um, and then, like I said, he does the big wide receiver stuff, like really good leaper, can really contort his body well to the ball well, like really well. And even in like sometimes, even in the short area of the field where the ball's just thrown behind him. He's able to go and make that catch where it's like, man, that was nuts. Um, and then also making the acrobatic catches, snatches the ball, make uh, tough catches. So uses his size very well while people – like he's someone who's going to have a better 40 time than his speed actually is. Like I actually think he's going to run in the four threes and he was a track star too in high school. But he's not faster than a couple guys he may run faster 40s than. But he's – because he has that long speed. So uh, – Another guy, again, this is why it's like when I talk about this wide receiver class that we're talking about, it's like these, these guys are all good. Like this is going to be, this is a good year for the Giants to want to focus in on wide receiver in the draft. Grump. Yeah, this is this is the dude I'm most excited for. And I think it's because he has that rare size to him the same way that Marvin Harrison does. Although he could actually be in the Giants range, I think. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's good off of the snap, you know, which is not usually a big guy thing. He has some quick feet. He has a varied approach to the release. He has the length, the physicality to win against press man releases. He could stand to get stronger, but he already understands how to like, you know, long arm, dip the shoulder, all kinds of stuff. Um, I watched him versus Stanford because I was hoping I could get a matchup with Caillou Blue Kelly. Um, and I was delighted to see that that happens here and there. Um, and he had his struggles with him, but also one versus Kyle blue Kelly. So, you know, it, that was nice to see him going up like a true NFL corner there. 
Um, he is pretty smooth in his route running. I think he has good sharp cuts. He's got good start and stops. I'm not really sure about his route tree, especially at Washington. Um, although they, you know, that Michael uh, Penix, they're uh, playing quarterback. Any relation? Might, uh, I'm not sure. Do you, you like me. him? I don't like his arm release. He's like I think the game I watched of which is UCLA, like he sucked. And he was making some really stupid decisions. Like I think that's a guy who is getting some like you know, the quarterbacks always get the most love in the waste too early and it's like look back and like what? That's one where it's like I don't, again, I only watched like one real game of the guy, but I was like this is this guy stinks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really excited for him as a quarterback. I'm excited for him as a person who can not hold back the offense, which in the Pac-12, I think I, I just have a different standard for quarterback. I don't know if that's a shitty thing to say, but um, as far as his top speed, you're right. Like he's a long strider. I think if you give him a go route, he might run by some dudes. But if he has a complicated route where he's got to start and stop, not that he can't do that, but I don't know that his his speed is on full display that way. Um, he's a decent hands receiver, flashes his hands late. He's able to corral tight window throws really well. He has the desired NFL natural catch radius at 6'3". He has good timing on jumps to maximize that length. Um, you know, the big guy stuff, he's physical and willing to win contested catches. That height advantage makes him an easy target, and we just assume that with 6'3 guys, that they're good in contested catches, but it's not always the case. No, a lot of uh, times he, they're not. Even, even guys like Quentin Johnson were like, one of the criticisms is he just kind of jumps for no reason. He's tall enough. And uh, there's there's no reason for him to be catching things at his belly button when he's in the air, just things like that. And and I I think that Roma Dunsey is pretty good at that. Um, I think he has good open field moves. Just to not that these are comparable players, but putting him next to Ibuka, he really does have moves to break tackles. He looks like a natural runner, a natural athlete uh, to kind of just stick his foot in the ground and make people miss. Um, again, granted he's playing in the pac 12, so we're not talking about playing the Michigans of the world out there, but you know, we'll see if that moves on to the next level or not. Well, I, I think it's similar to a guy who was from the pac 12 and, and big like that too, Drake London, where again, sure. it's like, you're not, you're not going like, man, this guy make you miss, get the ball in his hand, let him do something. But it's like for a six, three guy moves pretty damn well. And he can, yeah. he can get you some yak too. Yeah, he really does look like a natural athlete. He looks very natural with the ball in his hands, making people miss or, or just running in general. The problem, I think, is that he is 6'3", and he's a little bit lanky. So he, I saw like a couple of times he's like juking guys out of their shoes, but he's so long that they're still able to get a hand on his foot yeah. or, or something, and it trips him up a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's what I got on him. All right, next on this list, last wide receiver, Malik Neighbors. Wide receiver out of LSU, 6'1", 180. 188 pounds, had over a thousand yards on 72 catches for uh, the Tigers last year. Go Tigers! Um, good, good speed to me, Grump. But I think he's more of a burst wide receiver. Um, he is very physical through his routes, and you know that shows up in like curl routes where he's like he's going to give that push off, which I think he can get. He'll get away with. Um, and I, I think his route running is average, but there you see the room for improvement, like. Let me ask you this. I watch him versus man coverage, and I just don't ever see him really separate or stack. And he'll make catches. Like, he makes some tough, crazy contested catches. But versus man coverage, I don't see a guy who's just, like, naturally separating from these guys, from 
from players and it's like is it, that's what keeps me from like not being as hyped as him as i am the other four guys yeah i i think i agree with you and i think that um his style of play where he's not really good well do you think well no all right let me answer and then i'll follow it up with a question so uh, i i think personally that um lsu being kind of like a mid-tier sec school right now offensively um and and just having to play against really good groups of players uh even if they're playing mississippi state or whatever you know what i mean it's not conducive like his style of play like he's never going to get like a ton of natural separation i think that lsu's offensive line stinks enough where you know defenses can gamble on guys running short routes because there's just not enough time in the pocket or whatever i think that doesn't help him any um but and i think it actually exacerbates his inability to separate and I think the quarterback situation at LSU is not really as willing to throw into tight windows. But every time he does, Neighbors does corral the catch. He does make really nice tight window catches, shit that shouldn't really be happening at the college level. And what's weird is I think he will probably test around a 4-4 top speed, but it's really difficult to tell based on film how that translates like in-game because, like I said, like everything is just – nothing's really happening too much downfield for LSU right now. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm not really sure, but the, the lack of separation is very clear. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that they ask him to do, right. You know, if, if that is right now, if that's contested catches and if that is how he's going to make big plays, he does it well, 62% contested catch rate, um, has outside inside versatility. It was 60 to 40 outside inside alignment last year. One of the things that, you know, he's listed at six foot one ninety five. So even if that is inflated a little bit. I like how, you know, he's going to be able to handle press and he's going to be able to handle physical cornerbacks at the pro level. I mean, I find, you know, how often are we talking about, you know, wide receivers with, oh, you know, they're fast, they're fun, they're explosive, you know, they're quick, but they're not going to be able to handle press at the line. And then therefore, maybe they're limited in the slot. Um, I think that at least, you know, we'll see how this year plays out. But neighbors being able to handle the physicality of corners um i think that bodes well for him um in the nfl then maybe if he can kind of get out of lsu scheme or maybe he can get you know a coach can kind of get their hands on him and be like i think i could develop this in your route running here or our scheme does this i think it can fit well here um and i think neighbors is going to fall under that category yeah and i think there's like you're saying justin there's room for improvement to grow i don't think he's ever going to like turn into some great route runner but he does make those tough catches and a lot of times the tough catch guys don't have this ability get the ball in his hand right like he's a true yak then I, th I think he runs like a running back you know and he's just going to consistently make guys miss and just has like really nice contact bounce like i remember he caught like a five yard hitch versus alabama and there are three there's one guy directly behind him and then two on each side coming at him he makes all three guys miss he's only got like four or five yards extra on the play but he made all three of those guys miss um and like they gave him some reverses and he gets he just moves around like a back with that contact bounce so he has like there's enough that he does well where it's like while you try and get him better like it's it's like he's going to be a, a contributing factor to your team too like you don't you're not going to throw him i don't think malik neighbors and hey this could be the year he really improves too and and we're talking a year from now like man look at all that stuff he improved and that's the fun part of the way too early but if if he just came out in this last draft i do think he's taken with a late first round pick or maybe even a mid first round pick and uh maybe he's a guy like Brandon Ayuk, where doesn't get all the playing time in the world, but by time it's year three or four, man, he's a guy you want on your team. 
What I was going to ask you is, do you think there's a chance that at the NFL level, he is like an option two in an offense? I mean, yeah, I, I kind of feel like there, a there's a chance option. he could thrive that way, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that may, that could be like the best opportunity for him to, you know, be someone that is really appreciated too, you know, and that's, again, and not everybody's going to be a wide receiver one and having a really good wide receiver two brings, brings you a lot of value. Um, so anything else on these wide receivers before we move to some hog mollies? Uh, before we move to hog mollies, Bobby, can I talk about a, a bird dog and some great, bird dogs? Great, great product for hog mollies. Uh, great product for hog mollies. They got sizes for all people, but if you're a hog molly, if you're a little bit of a bigger guy like me, I'll be honest, Friday night going down to Atlantic City, I want to wear something nice, also want to wear something comfortable. I slapped on a pair of bird dogs because they have stretch khaki shorts. They are designed to fit slimmer through the through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, but also something that I need to make sure it doesn't happen. You know, when you're when you're schwitzing at the blackjack table, because maybe you're down a little bit, and I got a big hand on the table. My dirt, my bird dogs got me with anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day and all night long. So thank you to bird dogs. I appreciate bird dogs for accompanying me on my trip to Atlantic City. So I want you to go to birddogs.com slash giants for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Wow. Talk about keeping you cool during the summer. That's birddogs.com slash giants for a free Yeti-style tumbler. When you use that promo code, get yourself some bird dogs. Keep yourself cool. Keep yourself looking good and fresh. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Bird dogs keep you dry and make the ladies wet, right? Wow. Damn. Damn. Grump. You'll be glad you did. Hire me. All right, anyway. <laughs> All right, this guy, I don't know, I'm interested to see where you grew up. A lot of people thought he was going to come out in this cl- uh, past class and maybe even be offensive tackle one, and that is Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashuna. And you say, well, the Giants don't need an offensive tackle. I hope to God we are wasting our time on this. But we might not be, you know. We could be in a bad situation. But I, I have faith that this is a waste of time. So we're going to talk about Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashuna. The only tackle I, I just wanted to talk about it because I just like him as a player. 6'6", 321 pounds. I think he's a very solid athlete for the offensive tackle spot. He's not the elite athlete that, like, Thomas or Penn Sewell is. Um, has natural play strength with real room to grow there as well. Um, man, I just watch him play tackle, and I'm like, this is a good tackle, right? Like, he's got a good base, good knee bend. Um, you know, his anchor can strengthen a little bit, but he's just got good consistent footwork, keeps his hips squares through the pass set. His feet stay collected through the rep. Like, if there's one thing that I, I want him to... The couple of things I want him to improve on is strengthen the inside shoulder because he's got a good post foot. But if a guy does get to that inside shoulder, it can be a little soft. And then, like, guys really don't get around the corner on him a ton. But when they kind of get to that edge, I want to see his feet move a little quicker with that guy around the corner. Where it's like, even, and I, I brought this up in the group chat, reminds me a little bit of Darisaw. Where Darisaw will let guys get around the corner but he does well but it's like man you can you can dominate a rep you're just you're having a good rep instead of a great rep i want to see more great reps out of olu even though there is a lot of great but it's just mostly when guys are working that corner just move your move your feet a little quicker don't be like you got the athleticism you're not going to get beat back inside 
Um, so just keep his feet moving a little more through contact. And then the run game, man. Like, he's not going to be a guy who you watch him film and has all these bulldozer reps. But that's part of why he's good is because he plays with good posture in the run game. He's not going to be leaning and looking to drive you 20 yards down the field. Like, he can play a little high, but he's got good posture. His feet keep moving through contact, rolls his hips through the block. And on those little run out blocks, he's got the good torque power and technique for it. So, and I keep on doing this to you, Grump. Is would if he would have came out? Would if he'd been offensive tackle one for you over Paris Johnson? And Grump Darnell hates Wright, that question. Broderick Jones. Um, I, I think he probably would. Yeah, I think it pass sets. So the way I look at Olu is, and is it Fashionu or Fashonu? I said Fashonu. Okay. All right. Well, Penn then, State fans would correct us. Okay, we'll go with Fashonu. Um, from the tits down, I think everything is great. Sure. Uh, serious lower body strength. I mean, you can just just looking at his frame, and it's like insane how thick he is on the lower end. And he's got a good, strong, steady base. He has really, really nice kick step. Really good lateral kick step with short, choppy kicks. Stays in good position, whether inside or out. Doesn't overcommit in either direction. That's really advanced uh, at the college level. Um, I do think that sometimes his anchor can suffer from pad level. And I don't know if you, you would correct me on that. I think he can get a little bit tall from time to time. Um, and, and I think he's a strong enough guy. He's a smart enough guy and a technically sound enough guy at the college level where that doesn't affect him, but, you know, projecting forward to going up against every single week, going up against Bosa one week and then, you know, whoever next week, um, that's the kind of thing of the in and out you're playing against the best players in the league pad level matters. Um, as far as like the upper body goes, that's where I think there's the most improvement, but he's still really solid there. I, I think there's a little bit of lack of strength up. And, and I think you can see it too. When you compare his, you know, just biceps and triceps to quads, you can see right away that he's a lot thicker on the lower and then the upper end. Um, and you can see it too. When guys get inside, he gets a little bullied. Um, he can recover really well, and I think he has nice, yeah. constant hands. I think, like you said, he works defenders around the edge really, really well. He manages to work his upper and lower body in sync enough where it's not showing up on film like mistakes because of upper body weakness. But I do think that he can stand to get stronger in the chest and in the arms and, and keep guys a little bit out of his body. And that I think that that honestly is just the missing ticket. Like. Once he puts that together with what he's already got going on in the lower half of his body, I think he's set. I honestly do think that if he worked on that enough this offseason and, you know, has a good season with that, he'll be one of the best tackle prospects I've watched. You can tell he's smart and has been coached well because he kind of lives by what Thomas did this past year where, hey, I'm not going to let you use my arms against me. Where he's patient with his punch now, like you mentioned, that allows guys to get into his chest and 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 get a little bit of movement on the bull. You know, like you said, he's able to recover, can re-anchor. Um, so he's kind of got to find that middle ground though, because you can't just not punch. Like right, like so he's kind of got to find that find that middle ground um, of where to go. But it's like you can understand he understands being an off what a, uh, being an offensive tackle is all about. So he kind of invites that bull rush and hey. Like that's why I said he's got natural strength, but there's room to grow as well in there. So Olu Fashon, so yeah, I I think I would have had him over Paris. I think Paris's feet are a little quicker, and I like Paris. But in a draft where Darnell Wright went top ten, this guy should have went would have went top ten in the last draft, right? Like I watch him and I'm Darnell Wright, and like these are guys aren't 
are on the same level. You know, I think Broderick Jones should have went over Darnell Wright too, but I, I like Olu over, over Broderick as well. I would agree with that. All right, we time to talk about the guards? Let's talk some guards. Ohio State, three Ohio State guys. Maybe we won't do any Ohio State defenders to bounce out. We seem like a bunch of Buckeyes fans. Donovan Jackson, guard out of Ohio State, six foot four, three hundred pounds. Justin, he's a he's a good athlete, but he's just got rawness to his game, and I think there's strength needed. I watch him, and I'm like, man, you got all the ability to be really good, but it just hasn't shown up yet. Um, like he's got very quick feet. Needs to be better IDing moves. Like get to the full man relationship, man. You've got the feet to get there. Move out there. Um, doesn't set out there. Like his punch has juice, but it's erratic, and he'll lean, and that'll lead to him losing pass protection reps. Where it's like the punch will come late, he'll be head heavy, and a guy will get in there, and and it's like, hey man, break break hands off. You work your hands, and they'll able they're able to like do that pull and rip move on him and, and leave him hanging. So it just looks like we just need a better IQ for pass protection. And then in the run game, you see some awesome stuff. Dude is very quick moving to the second level pulling. Amazing athlete for the wide zone. Very flexible hips. He's going to be able to get to that outside shoulder and flip his hips around. Um, But there's also like, like, man, you're just just hitting these guys with bad angles and you're down the down run game stuff. Right, where it's like this. This is just a bad angle that you're doing here, uh, and he, he needs to. I think he needs to punch and play more like a bully. Um, what do you guys see on Donovan Jackson of Ohio State? Well, I first off want to just point out how Jackson is only 20 years old right now. So you know, this time next year he'll be around like 21 and a half, like you know, drafted. You know, drafted to an NFL team. So during the draft process, he'll be 21. That's super young. Uh, I think Donovan Jackson is. A candidate. We don't talk about this super often, but sometimes this does happen with guys that we talk about in the way too early draft preview. Donovan Jackson's a candidate for if this year doesn't go swimmingly well, he's a candidate to stay in school for an additional year. That is fair. That is fair. Because right now, like if so, I do my grades on this. Like, hey, not like projecting how you're going to grow. Like, just if you would have came out right now, I have him as a high third, but I think he's got the ability to sneak into the end of the first round. Like, I really do think that of Donovan Jackson. So maybe he is a guy who stays um, for another year. But for my hope, it'd be like, man, maybe he doesn't get all the way better. And he's a guy you could get in, like, the second round type guy. Um, and he's, he's still all, young. And, yeah, you can like, form him he's up. He's got the athleticism that this that this regime uh, looks for in their interior offensive linemen. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll see how high... Ohio, oh, see, Ohio State offensive linemen always get pre. It's is there any college that's offensive linemen get more pre-draft hype and then they get drafted and it's like they were drafted two, three rounds? What would it be projected? Like Dewan Jones Notre and Dame. Luke Whip. Dewan Jones was getting first round hype, and I was like, "What are you guys watching?" And he went what like fourth, fifth round. Luke Whipler out of Ohio State getting Same like thing. top of the second round. I think he went in the 4th or 5th round. It's like what are you guys watching with this guy? Wyatt Davis a couple years ago. Now current Giants. Like what do you do you guys not see some of the worst film you've ever seen at guard? Like why are you saying this guy should be in play at pick 30 38 or whatever? So one of the things I think about Donovan Jackson though is he has so I think he could end up going the route of Wyatt Davis where he gets maybe not necessarily better. Maybe he doesn't actually have the film on him that says he's better, but he has highlight film that can 
boost his draft stock, even True. though he's not necessarily he's a better, better. He's a better athlete than Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis is a little sloppy and heavy. Right. Well, I, I think, yeah, he certainly moves well for 320 pounds. I mean, goddamn. But he has what I, I like to call an attacker's mentality when it comes to blocking. He wants to deliver the hit. He doesn't want to absorb the hit. And that's something I actually really, really value. Um, so, I, and I think that his natural strength, his natural size, and coupled with that, and just in general being on a good college team with good surrounding cast and, and good play calling and everything, uh, that lends him to have more highlight plays to look a little bit better than maybe he is. I think my worry with him is in pass sets. Um, when it comes to the run game, I have I don't have a ton of worries where, I mean, he's just going to go and deliver a huge pop at the very least. I know I'm getting that much, but I think sometimes he can play maybe a little bit on his heels in normal pass sets. Like it just doesn't feel like he gets into his base correctly every time. And if he goes up against, I mean, God forbid, if he went up against somebody like Dexter Lawrence, I think just eat him for lunch, just run his ass over. Um, And I, I, you know, of course, looking at the giants trying to do like, and that shouldn't happen to Donovan Jackson. That should no, happen should, to guys not at like his size, the no guy way. next to him, like Luke Weipler. Like those guys should be getting demolished. Donovan Jackson shouldn't. But also, like Justin said, he is twenty years old. Yeah, I mean, there's. So my only worry is that he doesn't actually get better, but he has those pancake highlight plays, and he gets you know somebody in his ear. Well, I mean, whatever. It's it's his life. But somebody telling him that he's you know worth a second round pick or something like that, when in reality he hasn't improved on the things he needs to. He's just going to have a, a a tough start to his NFL career. But it's up to him, no matter when it is that he does it in college this year, next year, and the NFL level, he can correct all the things he needs to correct, all the natural stuff down to the mentality of how you want to block like an attacker i think he's got yeah all right let's finish it off we got two more players we left off cedric van pran just because we don't need a center i wanted to do him just because i did a film breakdown on him and i think he's really good i think he would have been the number one interior offensive lineman in the last class but oh well cooper beeb offensive guard out of kansas state six foot four 322 pounds one of the older guys that we're going to talk about um Average athlete for the guard spot, but it's it's good enough for the NFL. Strength is solid, and he, I think he plays stronger than he actually is. Um, he's he's good, man. He's a, he's just he's aggressive. Like he understands. Like he plays with that pop. Like he's got good knee pad, bend and pad level. He's always he's, he's always gonna be a low man. And then once he has hands locked on you and pass protection, it's over. Like he he's got strong grip. He's gonna keep you. He's gonna rework and he's gonna end that rep. Um, and he's got great awareness for protections and, and when to give help. Um, and then the run game, I think he fires off the snap. Good leverage. Keeps his feet moving. The win with angles and, and, and leverage. Um, also, he's a really good puller like in burst into those blocks with great angles. Um, but I think he's someone who's going to struggle with maybe not. He just doesn't have like the foot speed that you, that you aim for in those top guys. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that... Um... Cooper's a candidate for the Giants. I know this is just this is not a Giants way too early draft preview. This is just a way too early draft preview. Um, I don't think this guy's a candidate for the Giants. I because I have him as power is greater than is greater than quickness. Um, I not that he's a bad athlete, but I just think that the power is the he's stronger is the stronger part of uh, of his game for sure. Plus a little on the older side uh, as well. Um, does he have some tackle versatility in there? Bam! You I took didn't it watch from it, me. but I think he did. 
You took it from me. That, that was my big note on him is how versatile he is. 2020 right tackle, eight games. 2021 left tackle, 13 games. Oh, so yeah. Go on. No, no, that's it. Take it away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go ahead. That, that, that's, you guys pretty much said it, so I'm not going to harp on it. I think for being 330 pounds and 6'4", I think he moves pretty well considering. But, I mean, if you're running a highly mobile offensive line offense where you need him pulling on a lot of plays or moving In to the, the run second game, level. I think it's fine. Athletics is fine. I think it's just as a pass protector, the feet are a little slow. I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think sometimes his slow feet can cause him to start doing some chase shit, which you never want to be doing, especially at the interior when you're, as soon as you start turning your hips to chase, you've lost. Um, and, and that can happen from time to time. Um, but not often. Um, I don't think he has too many mechanical issues. Um, my biggest thing is he gets a little over ambitious with his strength probably would be the only technical thing that I can cut him on. And he tries to drive to deliver some power pancake um, and, and he doesn't need to, he really should just work on just delivering a good block because he can whiff yeah. or, or just, you know, pop into somebody and let him go when he should be trying to lock and drive or something like that. But given his versatility, it'd be really interesting to see what NFL teams see out of him. Cause I don't think he'll be a tackle, but the fact that no, he can move around, maybe play right guard and left guard or something like that adds some value to his name. So I have him as a high third round pick and I don't see it moving from that. Like, I don't see him ever moving into the second round. Definitely not the first round. And age has something to do with that. If he was 20 years old, I would say differently. Um, but, like, just think about, like, this. Like, let's, let's look at the interior guys that won the second round this past year. Yeah, Steve Avila, Joe Tipman, John Michael Smith, Osiris Torrance. You taking him over any of those guys? I might take him over Tipman. I might take him over Tipman, yeah. But not not but JMS. Tip, but Tipman obviously was put in the second round because of like athletic ability, not because he's got like this great film or anything. He he got put in the second round because the Jets were on the clock. Huh. Yeah, the Jets, man. The Jets were the, the 2021, uh, 22 and 2021. I was like, who had the best struggling Jets? Um, and that included like Zach Wilson in there um, this past year. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's finish it off. Tight end. We're looking All at right. one tight end. We're not going to look at Brock. Uh, it's Brock Bowers, the Georgia guy, right? Yeah, yeah, we'd we'd figure we're not like this guy. Hey, he's really good. Uh, but out of Texas, another Texas guy, Jatavion Sanders, six foot four, two hundred fifty six yards, had six hundred uh, two hundred fifty six pounds, had six hundred thirteen yards and five touchdowns. Just an athlete, right? Like he's very fast with good long speed, dynamic tight end, speed and get off are excellent, make him a, we- uh, a weapon. You know, you can use him in the yak games. Not got a nice change of direction. They use him in some screen stuff that was. That uh, that worked really well. Also, his releases are really good, right? Like, I think his route running needs a lot of work, but the releases are good. If you can have good releases and you're a tight end with that type of athleticism, man, you can win off of those two things alone. Um, so the route running, I think, needs work. They're rounded and they telegraph. There's not much sell. Like, I think he just needs to do so much more at the stem of the route, which is very important for playing a tight end. But, man, this guy can freaking move for that tight end spot. We're talking to a guy whose film we're watching is a true sophomore film. So we're talking about young guys before with Cooper, uh, not Cooper B. Well, uh, who, who the hell was Donovan, young, Donovan Jackson or Jackson. Donovan Jackson. Um, yeah, this guy's pretty young as well. And 
I agree with you. I think the route running is okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but it can get so much better. There's a lot of room for refinement. He can add shimmy. He can sharpen. He can clean up his cuts. But like you said, the first thing that jumps out at me for a guy who lines up pretty equally between the H spot and the Y spot, he gets out of his stance really well in both spots. And that's pretty rare to find someone getting out of the Y inline tight end spot very quickly. Um, In addition I think he really is an all-around tight end. I think for being only 200, you said 256. For whatever reason, I I have him at 240. Uh, It doesn't matter. College numbers are fake. But I think he's used a lot in the lead and pulling blocks. He's a good move blocker, man. Yeah, he's good. He's a good blocker. He is an all-around tight end. And I was a little surprised. I saw his numbers, 6'4", 240, and I I just thought I was going to be seeing like a just a guy who's running downfield all the time. And that was not the case. And he looked good um, in pass blocking sets as well as run blocking sets. Yeah. Like he's not sustaining in line very much, but he like, he gets the, he gets to the beginning of the rep. And then, like you said, if you put him as a move blocker, whether it's an H back out on the perimeter, whatever, like he, he does well with that. Like he, he works angles. Um, and like some of his move, like some of the stuff getting him out in space as a blocker, like broke big runs for, for texas so um it's like all right we got we got something we can use there where it's not like we're looking at hey this guy's quick needs to work on route running this can't block worth a shit which are those are the guys i usually hate the most um in the draft because everyone falls in love with them because they're so fast yeah. it's but it's like at least you got like some floor of like some decent blocking um you know so it's like all right just clean up the route running and i'll actually like you jatavion sanders but and but so i put him as a as a late second right now yeah, I would agree. I think he is a second round guy already. And I think, like I said, he is very young. The, if he cleans up some of the things with the route running, I, I would not say it's insane that he could sneak into the first round. I mean, Dalton Kincaid went in the first round. Luke Musgrave, yeah. if he played more than two games, would have went in the first round. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think I don't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he snuck in there. Yeah, and uh, his in, he was about 60% in line, and then between being out wide and then being in the slot, it adds up to around 40%. I thought I was – so I went into this because I just looked at his height and weight, and I'm like, all right, we're going to see somebody who is going to just run fast and be fast and maybe not able to block. So I, I was kind of a little disappointed to see that he wasn't being totally used vertically down the field. Now, his average depth of target was – around 8.8 there were some games where it was really large and there were some games where he was primarily kind of just used as this check down target so um i'm excited to see him grow i'm excited to see him kind of um you know how he can kind of further get better this year i want to see him used further down the field i want to see him more used as a as a receiver because he is a physical player much more physical than i thought just by looking at his height and his weight yeah me too all right, that we'll be back on Friday for a defensive draft preview. We won't waste too much time. Grump's going to be back there, so we'll, we'll, this episode's went a little long. So we'll, we'll probably just do eight players on on Friday. So we'll see you then. We appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go Big, Big Blue. Blue.